This is the Communication Research Podcast, a production of the Communication Research Center at Boston University. In this podcast, we have a colloquium presentation by visiting scholar Marco Gui entitled Attracted but Unsatisfied. Thank you, Jim, and thank you all. Thank you for this opportunity. For me, it's a great opportunity to share my research with you. Um, first of all, I'm not going to talk about sex because uh, as somebody thought after reading the title, uh, because I, I will use um, the word arousing in a, brow, in a broader sense. Uh, for the Italian version of this presentation, I had another picture, uh, but then I, choose, I chose this for the American version, and at the end of the presentation, you will tell me if, it is, uh, if it's an adapt picture for starting the presentation. Um, let me begin with the vignette, which, which gives you the idea uh, where we started from. There is this man sitting on his sofa calling his wife, probably. Hurry up, Mary, that show we hate so much is about to begin. Uh, the idea is that sometimes when we consume media or other um, things, but media, media in particular, we are attracted by contents, but um, this happens irrespectively of our uh, interests and will. Um, so the question is, is this phenomenon real or is it only an apparent phenomenon? And can we say something about it? Can research um, try to understand uh, why it happens? And can research uh, try to help uh, solving the problems that this can cause? Um, so our first step was to analyze the literature, to review the literature, to find pieces of evidence that could help us explain uh, something about this general idea. Um, the first thing that we found was that um, in, in media studies, there are a lot of researches that show that uh, audience, the audience size and appreciation measures are not uh, always related. There are TV shows with high, very high audience figures, but uh, with a very low satisfaction level if you ask the viewers to uh, evaluate it in surveys, for example. Um, usually this is explained with the so-called social desirability bias. So people would tend to uh, say they don't like uh, especially TV shows that have a social stigma like reality TV shows and the like. But the question is, um, is it the only, ex the, the only explanation? Or, um, uh, so we, this, literature, this literature doesn't tell us, us if there is something more. Um, there is another field of research in economics, in experimental economics in particular, which uh, shows that there are actually inconsistencies between human behavior in general, but more, more uh, specifically uh, human consumption behavior and exposed satisfaction. This happens a lot, for example, in uh, the consumption of tobacco or in food consumption. 
uh, a relevant number of smokers, for example, in a, in a research, um, when they are not under the need of smoke, they would, they say they would even vote in favor of raising taxes on tobacco because this would help them limit this bad behavior they, they think they have. Um, there is also something about media consumption uh, showing that people uh, say they watch too much TV um, but in this in these studies it's only uh, the question is uh, about the quantity of television consumption not about the content and the quality of the content and that's exactly what we wanted to test in this research so this this uh, two first step were not enough for us so we try to look at research that um, connects uh, types of content and uh, attentive reactions and we found that in, in psychology in, in experimental psychology um, uh, there is uh, there are a lot of researches showing that there are contents that attract our attention quasi physiologically automatically uh, irrespective of, of our rational choice rational uh, interest and these contents are uh, defined as arousing. So what is exactly arousing content? It is content that elicits emotion in viewers and this can be measured with uh, physiological indicators such as heart rate, skin conductance, uh, eye tracking, etc. Um, Yuri Ben Gunter have listed six content categories that can be defined as arousing. Uh, sex, violence, destruction, humor, celebrities, and other emotional content. And I think it's uh, interesting to note that this list is very similar to the list you find in journalism studies under the name of criteria of newsworthiness. It is interesting because in, in two different fields of research and with different methodologies and different uh, data sources, uh, they, ca they came up with quite the same list. Um, in this research we will talk about violence and verbal violence in particular which is the most common form of violence in television according to many um, content analysis um, researches and but we use violence as one of the possible forms of arousing content we were discussing with Mina that probably these uh, different categories have different um, arousal uh, mechanisms but what they have in common is that according to th this field of research they produce automatic attentive reactions responses and that's what uh, what is interesting for us so the research question after having uh, uh, seen this uh, different fields of research and their results is can arousing content help explain inconsistencies between media consumption and satisfaction we have seen on the one hand that there are inconsistencies in our behavior when we consume uh, media and uh, content on the other hand we have seen that there are specific contents that, that can catch our attention automatically so can we use that uh, those kinds of content to explain the uh, the inconsistency this is our main research question why we believe that this uh, study is relevant for two main reasons the first is that if this contradiction is real 
then a widespread use of arousing contents by the media industry can result in suboptimal viewing choices, both for the individual and for societies. So both at the micro and at the, micro, at the macro level. In second, because uh, we want to challenge the idea that audience figures are informative with respect to viewers' appreciation. In Italy and in Europe, I don't know, here in the US, uh, audience figures are used as, as a proxy for uh, media, for viewers' appreciation. So uh, if a sh TV show have, has, a high, uh, has high audience figures, then it's good then uh, we have to um, do it again and people are asking for more we want to challenge the the idea that and and uh, say that these are two different concepts and uh, uh, to study in general we believe that in an era of information communication over abundance uh, research can make a contribution towards more satisfactory or healthy media diets so this can be one of the goals um, we have tried to answer to, uh, to this uh, research question with an experimental design. Uh, our task is very simple. Watching television for 10 minutes, uh, having the possibility to choose among three channels, one, two, and three, and uh, choosing freely um, as if you were um, watching TV at home. This is the interface we used for the experiment. As you see, there are three buttons. Uh, in this uh, screenshot, channel two is selected, but the subjects could freely choose among the three channels in, in every moment. Um, what is the experimental factor? Obviously, arousing content, the absence or the presence of arousing content. So in our experimental condition, there was a, a very violent verbal confrontation on channel two. In the control condition, everything was the same, except that in channel two, there was, there were no, uh, there was no arousing content. Uh, the, the TV show was the same, the episode was the same, but uh, the, um, the excerpt referred, um, was uh, related to a previous moment in which the conversation was calm and quiet. Um, so the situation was the following. On channel one, we had a serial that took place in the 19th century. Quite boring, I must say. <laughs> on Channel 3, a documentary about a young Moroccan immigrant in Italy. And on Channel 2, uh, in the experimental condition, there was this very violent uh, verbal um, conflict. And in the, in the control condition, there was uh, the same edited, unedited version of the same episode without verbal conflict. I have two uh, short videos, they are in Italian, so you're not going to understand what they say, but uh, it's to give you an idea of the different um, atmosphere in these two uh, situations. So let's start with the without verbal conflict version. It's a talk show. There are many participants and they talk very quietly. Okay, the version with is the following. 
So the participants are the same, the show is the same, everything is kept constant except for the experimental factor. Um, what are the hypotheses? Um, first, we expect that arousing content can increase viewing time. So we expect that subjects in the experimental condition watch more of channel two, obviously, because there is this verbal confrontation. Uh, second, we expect that um, arousing content decreases satisfaction with program content. Um, and this hypothesis has two versions. Um, the, the first version is uh, that we expect a strong choice inconsistency, as to say that arousing content decreases the absolute level of satisfaction with program two. Or we can expect a weak choice inconsistency. Arousing content increases television consumption relatively more than satisfaction. In both cases, we would consider the hypothesis as tested. And third, uh, this, uh, the overall satisfaction level. Arousing content decreases overall satisfaction with viewing. I consider this third hypothesis very important because uh, asking for the overall satisfaction level can be less affected by uh, social desirability bias because you're not um, asking about a specific program that can or cannot be socially desirable, um, but you're asking about uh, the, the whole experience of, the, of these 10 minutes watching television. Um, our sample is made up by um, undergraduate and graduate students uh, we have a total number of 137 subjects and the subjects were assigned randomly within sessions to the experimental and control conditions and they were paid 10 euros for participating. Uh, the economists in our team which is interdisciplinary were very much concerned with paying the subjects because they say that otherwise they would not have been uh, focused on the on the experiment so in the end we, we paid them. Um, the experiment was carried out in a university laboratory and uh, the thing we were very much concerned with was to isolate completely the subjects from the other participants in order uh, to um, have an anonymous experiment. So they were visually isolated with partitions around them and they, and they used headphones so they were completely isolated and nobody could see or hear what they were watching on, on, t on television. Um, after the, the experiment there was a questionnaire. The subjects didn't, didn't know that there was this questionnaire. And we measured satisfaction um, by asking how satisfied are you on a scale between 1 and 10 with program A or B or C. And overall, how satisfied are you with the programs you have watched on a scale between 1 and 10? And then we had specific attributes for each program. For example, how much do you consider this program useful or vulgar or violent or um, whatever? And then social demographic information. Um, so let's see the first results. This is the viewing time. Uh, by treatment for program 2. As you can see, the subjects in the experimental condition have watched uh, channel 2 for the 43% of their time, while in the control condition they watched it for the 33% of their time. So it is a, an, a 
the number rises by about one-third. So as expected, viewing time increases. Satisfaction for program two. It decreases from 5.38 to 4.97. And the overall satisfaction level, always uh, on a scale from one to 10, decreases from 5.79 to 5.27. So let's see the overall picture. As expected, we have an increase in the viewing time and a decrease both for the satisfaction and for the overall satisfaction. Uh, let's see if these results, if these differences are significant. We used two um, significant tests, one uh, a parametric test and the other one a non-parametric test. And as you can see, we have three results that are significant. The viewing time, the increase in viewing time is significant. Uh, the decrease in the satisfaction for the program is not, uh, is not significant, while the relative satisfaction for the program, which is, uh, which is the difference between satisfaction and viewing time, both defined as a share of the total uh, for the three programs. This was done uh, to uh, answer to our weak choice inconsistency hypothesis. So it gives you the idea of how much satisfaction has decreased relative to the, the increase in consumption and then the overall satisfaction the decrease in the overall satisfaction is significant so to summarize the results we have uh, the arousing contents significantly increase viewing time as expected people watch more of channel 2 when there is the verbal fight Arousing content decreases satisfaction with program, but the difference is not significant. And arousing content significantly decreases relative satisfaction with program. And finally, arousing content has a significant negative effect on overall viewing satisfaction. As I said, this last result is particularly uh, interesting because it can presumably be less affected by a social uh, desirability bias. Uh, these are the uh, viewers' perceptions of Program 2. Um, in the up-left uh, figure, you can see that the subjects perceive that they watch more of Channel 2 in the experimental condition. At the same time, they think, uh, in the experimental condition, they think that Program 2 is, um, has a lower um, quality level. And at the same time, uh, they perceive an overall, um, overall quality level which is lower in the experimental condition. So we can say that um, the viewers perceive that they watch more at the same time they perceive that the quality is lower. Uh, these are some attributes um, for program two that we are uh, asked the, um, the subjects to evaluate. As you can see, uh, the arousing content is considered as more funny. While it is uh, less uh, instructive, less relaxing, uh, less suitable to all, uh, more vulgar and more violent. So we can say that subjects are, are aware of the viewing choices they, they, they make, uh, but they perceive several negative features of arousing content, and what is interesting is they perceive 
the, in the experimental condition program to as more fun. To test the robustness of this result, we repeated the experiment, um, and actually for the for the first half of our subjects, the experiment was um, carried out using a real life talk show, and for the other half we used a political talk show. We call them highbrow and, and lowbrow for the, for the type of uh, target audience they have in the Italian television. Um, so the situation, we ended up with a two by two design where the main experimental factor was arousing content, the presence or the absence of arousing content, and the secondary experimental factor was the type of talk show, highbrow versus lowbrow. Um, you can see here that qualitatively the effect is exactly the same. We have an increase in the view in viewing time in the lowbrow version, and we have a, uh, the same in the highbrow version, and we have a decrease both in the satisfaction and the in the overall satisfaction. Um, obviously, we tested that we checked that there was no interaction between the program type and arousing content. So this um, let us uh, join the two samples because the effect of arousing content is not affected by the type of program. Um, so we can say that the effects of arousing contents is robust to the use of alternative program topics. Uh, but the topic um, does make some differences. For example, inconsistency between viewing and content-specific satisfaction are stronger in low-brow programs, while inconsistency between viewing and uh, viewing and overall satisfaction are stronger is stronger in high-brow programs. This is probably connected to the different levels of uh, social uh, desirability that the two programs have. But this is something. Uh, that we didn't analyze in depth, but I think it's interesting to uh, to consider more um, deeply in in future research. Um, this research has, in our opinion, three main methodological issues. One is the first one is social desirability. Um, we think we have tried to bypass it by uh, building. Um, completely anonymous setting for the experiment and also by, um, by asking people about the overall level of satisfaction which is uh, less affected by it. But um, nonetheless this remains the, the most important problem in, in these um, kinds of research. When you have to demonstrate that there is a contradiction you have to be sure that the subjects are sincere when they answer to uh, satisfaction questions. The second point is external validity. We cannot say that this phenomenon will manifest in the same way in different populations because, because our sample was um, made up of young students, so same age, same uh, um, education level, etc. And the third methodological problem is how we measured satisfaction. Uh, probably our measure was very raw. Uh, I know that there are a, lo um, a lot of studies on this issue, so uh, I think that one of the things we have to do is to go 
deeper in the understanding of what a satisfaction is and how can we measure it. Then there is a substantive question that we cannot answer with this research, but it's interesting to understand uh, this mechanism. Why does verbal conflict cause lower satisfaction? I think that there are two uh, different uh, explanations. One is that viewers are distracted. So they, they would like to watch, for example, Channel 3, but when they see this arousing content, uh, they have an automatic attentive reaction, so they end up uh, watching more than they desire Channel 2. The other explanation is that verbal violence per se uh, can determine dissatisfaction. So this is a question that um, can be interesting for future research. And finally, um, there are three um, things that um, I can say that, that can be also interesting for future research. The first is that media consumption probably is the field of consumption in which these kinds of uh, inconsistency inconsistencies manifest in a in a, in a very cl clear way because th we don't pay for the single exposure so we could uh, be more prone to overconsumption of attractive stimuli um, compared to other fields of consumption uh, second it, it would be very interesting to uh, um, understand what are the macro consequences of this inconsistency we have found at the micro level. What, is, what are the long-run consequences of uh, over-consuming arousing stimuli uh, and what are the social consequences of it? And third, uh, we would like to, we, we think with this research we uh, started to challenge the idea that audience figures can be uh, informative um, with respect to audience appreciation or audience satisfaction. And we can argue that arousing content can be one factor that can explain why they are not the same thing. Um, thank you very much. This is my email address and this is the, um, the working paper that you can read online. And thank you for this opportunity. This has been a communication research podcast, a production of the Communication Research Center at Boston University. For more information about the Communication Research Center, please go to www.bu.edu slash com slash crc. Thank you.